Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, good people, and welcome back to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with the one, the only, myself, Mitchell Anderson. Me, myself, and I. So, gonna do a little quick recap. I wouldn't say quick, but we kind of have a lot to talk about, especially with the notorious ending of the Pittsburgh Steelers and New England Patriots game. Uh, Final pass between Big Ben and Jesse James. It was ruled incomplete. A lot of people like to... uh, reference it to the Calvin Johnson rule, which was pretty notorious about seven years ago that became a big thing, along with Des Bryant uh, two years ago in the playoffs when they faced Green Bay. And then did Nick Foles make anyone uh, convince anyone that the Philadelphia Eagles can be Super Bowl contenders with a four-passing touchdown performance yesterday? And along with, uh, is Kansas City going to be back on the map? Are they legit after beating the Los Angeles Chargers? And then, of course, we got Monday Night Football with Atlanta and Tampa Bay. And then we got a little uh, playoff picture on who's in and who's out. Uh, Tight race in the NFC. AFC is getting a little tight as well. But, hey, this is Mitchell Anderson on Injured Reserve Podcast, and I'll be back in a few moments. And welcome back to Injured Reserved. So, I'm sitting there, and as a Pitt fan, you know, watching the game, and for the first three quarters, we're doing solid defense, you know, doing their thing with Brady, showing Brady that, you know, hey, age is starting to show. We all know eventually that man's going to have to show even more of his age. Uh, Going to the fourth quarter, you know, pit up 24-20. And then all of a sudden, about five minutes to go or so, look who has the ball, Tom Brady. I figured, I knew it was coming. I'm like, well, 50 game winning drives on his resume, he's going to do it again. It's no different. He's been here 50 times. <laughs> so, he lead, you know, he leads the drive. All of them, basically, to Rob Gronkowski, I think all of them. So, pits down 27-24. They convert on a two-point conversion. I'm like, okay. Minutes ago or so. A little bit, a little bit more than that. Ben's been in these situations too. Big big play. I think it was a screen play. Or I'm, I'm not sure. But the Juju Smith-Schuster. The, uh, the rookie out of USC. Runs about 60-70 yards down the field. And uh, they had to call a timeout. One timeout left. Ben throws it to Jesse James. He extends uh, his hands out with the ball, crosses the goal line, touchdown. Or at least we thought. And now they got all these NFL rule experts on why it wasn't a touchdown, yada, yada, yada. It's like, look, I get it. It's the rules of the NFL. But y'all are just taking this the simplest thing as the word catch and making it two plus two out into E equals MC squared. I know like I know I'm a pit fan and I may seem salty, in which I was very salty when I got overturned. But man, rules like this was like back when Calvin Johnson when uh Matthew Stafford threw uh game uh, leading touchdown to Calvin Johnson against the Chicago Bears seven years ago just a regular season game or the Des Bryant catch 
against uh, Green Bay when they're at Lambeau Field. It's like, look, man, the dude, he caught the ball, and then he extends his hands out, in the which case the ball sometimes, you know, hits the ground with their hands. But yet, they, you're telling me that's incomplete all of a sudden. So it just doesn't make sense because when a running back runs the ball and the ground hits the ball and causes it to pop out, that's not called a fumble, but yet this is called incomplete. It just, I don't know, man. I think the NFL, they really need to revise these kind of rules. It makes zero sense to me. They could say, well, it's the rules and yes and yeah. But, man, it's, NFL needs to do something about this because it's, it's seriously becoming detrimental to a lot of teams out there in a lot of significant situations. You know, just like uh, maybe not so much the Detroit-Chicago game with the Calvin Johnson, but obviously it's becoming really significant when it comes to home field advantage between Pitt, New England, whoever wins that game, and then the division round between Green Bay and Dallas a couple years back. But, uh, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Uh, we got a couple more things to discuss on this Week 15 recap. This is Injured Reserve Podcast, and we'll be back in a few moments. Wow, man. Week 15's been not only kind of controversial, but, you know, another game that was uh, pretty significant when it comes to rules was... Uh, last night's Sunday night football game between Dallas and Oakland. Dallas beat Oakland 2017, you know. But Oakland's driving, and, you know, time's wearing down the clock. It's a little under a minute to play in the fourth. Derek Carr, you know, scrambles out the pocket, can't find anyone, and he decides, you know, I'm going to take the ball myself. You know, he's running towards uh, the right side of the goal line, you know, just tries to make a play for his team, extends his left hand out with the ball. He fumbles it. Ball fumbled out in the end zone with 31 seconds left to play. And so, therefore, the rules of the NFL, if you fumble the ball out of the end zone, it is ruled uh, a touchback. So, therefore, it goes to the opposing team then. Recovered by the opposing team rather than Oakland. That's another rule that I just feel like, you know, it's pretty harsh, man. I just, I felt so bad for Derek Carr. You could just tell on the man's face. Like, he really tried. He tried to make a play for his team. And, man, it just, those things happen. It sucks. Um, I feel like that's another rule. The NFL definitely needs to, uh, readjust take a second look at you know just because you happen to fumble the ball in your own end zone and it rolls out of bounds doesn't mean the other team has that right to get the ball back that's just my agenda but I don't know why it's like that yet alone I don't know why that kind of uh play uh I don't know rule excuse excuse me that kind of rule would rule in favor of the defense recovery of that ball but uh man I just eesh. NFL definitely needs to take a few pages out of the rules just readjust them or something I don't know but uh 
Hey, you're listening to Injured Reserve Podcast, and uh, next segment we'll be talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles' legit or not. Fly, Eagles, fly, Eagles, fly. So, Philly wins a, a shootout of a game. Their defense, I don't know what happened. They, I mean, I can't really get out in their case because they've been playing phenomenal all year long for the most part. But uh, they beat the edge up the New York Giants 34-29. to And then with Nick Foles' uh, season debut, tosses up four touchdowns. So, like, uh, just to revert to what I said uh, about an episode or two episodes ago, uh, I think Philly can still be dangerous. They could still make a run at the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is just one of those quarterbacks that, hey, the man just does his job. He doesn't have to try too hard. Just get the job done. It'd be like almost like a... uh, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of some quarterback that wasn't like very good that won a Super Bowl. Whoever the quarterback was for uh, Trent Dilfer, uh, when he played for I believe Baltimore, when Baltimore won it all back in like 2000, you know, <laughs> uh, ride on the defense, just do your job, and hey, you got a chance of bringing Lambeau to Philly for the first time ever. But it, it's it's not only him though. There's there's about two three other teams that you know. Case Keenum's another one for Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Jared Goff for the Rams. You know, man, and talk about Todd Gurley. Man, that dude, what a beast! Four four touchdowns yesterday. He got me 45 points in fantasy. Needless to say, I was pretty hyped about that. Um, <laughs> Sterling Shepard went off. For me, but unfortunately, I had that man on the bench. He had about 10, 11 receptions for the Giants, but hey, I, he, you know, he really hasn't done for me much this season. Uh, Case Keenum, Jared Goff, you know, those guys—they're not—they're not great, but they're good enough, obviously, not only to start but to get the job done. Just make no mistakes. Let your defense do the work, and you do you. And hey, you guys got a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. Another one, Blake Bortles, Jacksonville Jaguars, man. I can't lie, if Pitt ran into them in the playoffs, I'd be nervous. That defense is nuts. I mean, been through five interceptions against that team. Five. It doesn't even matter. It, Jacksonville, I mean, that no one's talking about them. It's always Pittsburgh or New England in the AFC. And then, you know, the NFC, it's Philly. And then for some reason, the Cowboys keep getting brought up. Uh, but, yeah, Blake Bortles is another person. If he just does his job, doesn't have to do too much, hey, there's a legit chance of that Super Bowl. Man, but, uh, yeah, needless to say, week 15 was nuts. Uh, playoffs getting a little tighter and tighter every time. New England has that one seed, Piss that two seed. New, England, New England's going to have the home field advantage. Uh, same thing with Philly. And then Minnesota's a two seed. Rams are a three seed at ATL right now. Currently a six seed. A lot of teams in the NFC have a 
you know, it's tight for the NFC uh, wild card. Lions need some help. They're eight and six, but if they need ATL to lose tonight, pretty much. So Tampa Bay has to do their thing somehow. Uh, not only them though, Seattle, New Orleans, Carolina, they're four and five seed. Uh, Dallas, they do still have a shot. Same thing with Green Bay, oddly enough. And they have seen Baltimore, the Chargers, Oakland, Miami. Buffalo's a six seed. Jacksonville, three. Kansas City, four. Tennessee, five. But man, these last two weeks are going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. And I'm looking forward to it. But hey, that's all I got for today on uh, Injured Reserve Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed my recap, and I'll catch you all later. Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome back to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. So, a couple of things to cover, you know, not a whole lot. We got the Monday night football game of between Tampa Bay and Atlanta. A few things to discuss on Jameis Winston and his future. Uh, of course, the significance of the retirement of Kobe Bryant. Not one, but two jerseys, the eight and the infamous change to 24. <clears throat> what does he rank at uh, to a lot of people's opinions and agendas? Some people don't even think he deserves to be top 10 or even top 5 for that matter. And then, again, just to review, there are currently 7 teams still alive. And from what I've seen, like, mathematically, there are 19 teams still alive for the uh, NFL playoffs. I don't know how that works out. <laughs> I, I'm not, I've never been good at math, so... But as far as the way I see it and it comes to the playoff picture, uh, teams still in the hunt. Seven teams alive between both the AFC and NFC total. And uh, we'll go over that in a few. But uh, stay tuned. This is Injured Reserve Podcast. And so, you know, as usual, uh, I don't really do much on whole Monday nights besides obviously just the Monday night football games. You know, I'm just chilling. I'm watching the game. And one thing I think a lot of people need to come to a realization is that uh, they need to... Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's a good quarterback. But he's not great. And I know I'm going to get some, you know, criticism for this one. But, man, let's be real. Like, yes, he won the MVP last year. Yes, he went off. It was nuts. But, man, you take the stat comparison from last year to this year, it just, it's overwhelmingly just significantly different. It's, man. And then, I feel like a lot of people are rushed to judge and Jameis Winston a little too quick. Um, he's almost, I want to say, a Brett Favre-like He's a gunslinger. When he throws the ball, it's kind of awkward. It's not pretty. But he ain't afraid of taking risks. And he really wants the best for his team. He wants to win. He's got that drive in him. But I I don't know. Uh, 
supposedly him and his coach aren't the same page, so there possibly could be a coaching change at the end of the season. Tampa Bay, they're 4-10 right now, and who knows of what they'll get for draft or what they need. Um, Atlanta's sitting solid right now. They're at a 6 seed. They're hanging in there after last night's win. They're 9-5. and five. Let's, but man, they really, they really should be uh, eight and six. Detroit early in the season beat them. Detroit got ripped off on that ten-second runoff bull crap and whatnot. I can't exactly remember the stipulation on that, but Detroit got ripped off. <laughs> Detroit should be at that six seed right now, but uh, Detroit, Seattle, and Dallas all in the hunt in the NFC. Still alive, still kicking, all at eight and six. Um, I don't think Atlanta they they won't go to the Super Bowl again this year. I I just don't see it. Their their defense is too janky. Matt Ryan is uh, I don't want to say inconsistent, but not really dependable. Like I said, he's a good quarterback. He's he can get the job done, almost like a ant. He's like Andy Dalton, but better, if that makes any sense. And um, then the AFC, there's four teams still in the hunt. You got Baltimore, 8-6. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers, 7-7. Seven and, seven. and then Oakland, Miami definitely need some uh, help. Uh, both sitting at 6-8, and eight, but they're still alive. Barely. And then 6 seed Buffalo hanging on 8 and 6 and Tennessee 8 and 6 and Kansas City 8 and 6 uh the uh, AFC West but uh, I don't know man Wait, these last 2 weeks are going to be crazy it's going to be wild I can't lie I'm kind of pulling for Detroit but they do need some help they do need Atlanta to crumble in these last 2 games cuz they they hold the tiebreaker over Detroit but uh yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy these last two weeks, nothing but chaos. But uh, hey, next segment we're gonna talk about Kobe Bryant and his uh, jersey retirement. Which one was better between eight and twenty-four, and where does he rank all time? Now, I was watching, like I said, I was watching the Monday Night Football game, so I didn't I didn't catch a glimpse at all of the jersey retirement. For Kobe Bryant when uh, the Lakers went off to face Golden State. Which Golden State won overtime 116-114. And uh, uh, when it comes to comparisons, when people do like, uh, which version of Kobe was better, quote unquote, between 8 and 24. I got to say 24 just because... He was more mature than obviously. Uh, I'm not saying he wasn't mature at eight when he was, you know, number eight. Number eight, he was more athletic. But 24, I wouldn't say he was so much athletic, but he was more skilled just in every other aspect when it came to basketball, defense, rebounding, you name it. And. I mean, when it comes to the whole stat comparison, both are pretty much identical, almost 16,000 and some change of points between both of the numbers. He did get two NBA Finals MVPs and uh, one regular season MVP. 
in which really he should have had, all honesty, he, he should have had uh, at least one more regular season MVP. That one year when Steve Nash won it, Kobe should have won it that one year. But uh, anyhow, I see a lot of discussions where he ranks all time. And, uh, man, I, I just got to say, like, uh, I, I have him in my top five. I got, obviously, I got, I got Michael Jordan one, then Kobe Bryant two, and then three, I probably have to go, uh, God, I probably, uh, oh, I see three, I have Tim Duncan. And then four, uh, probably Magic Johnson. And then five, five is, that's just, I'm just going off my favorite, my favorite player all the time. I'm going to put Allen Iverson on there. I know you're going to say all of this and that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, the thing is, when people make the comparison, <clears throat> they do like, okay, why don't you have LeBron? See, the thing is, all right, when when people say LeBron had nobody in the early stages of his career, like say the 2007 Cavs, when they got swept by the Spurs in the NBA Finals, uh, he had a, he had a roster. He had Antoine Jameson. He he had Mo Williams. Uh, I mean that was a, that was a solid staff at the time when those play. I mean those time at the time those players were riding high. And he even had Big Zeke, and yes, Zeke Agalskis. I don't care what anyone says. That I mean, he could ball back in his heyday. You know, he had a few All Star appearances here and there. But uh, yeah, that's just my top five. And but anyhow, the comparison I was making: you take LeBron's 2007 Cavaliers and compare it to Allen Iverson's 2001 76ers. You tell me which team is better. AI, yes, he had to Kevin Matumbo, but he was way out of his prime by then. AI legit hadn't, man, he he hardly had anybody on that team compared to the 07 Cavs. And I'm not just saying just because of that one particular season, I have AI in my top five. Like I said, I just have AI in my top five just because he was my all-around favorite player, especially growing up. And uh, yeah, that's that's just gonna be favoritism by me, all honesty. But yeah, that's just my uh, you know who I think is top five all time. And uh, I think people aren't giving Kobe enough credit than they really should. I don't know why all of a sudden the critics are so harsh on him when they weren't that harsh on him when he was playing. But who knows? But uh, hey. Um, few more things to talk about. Um, this is Injured Reserve Podcast. Um, so, just to round up this uh, current podcast. I'm, this is totally off topic. This, this isn't sports related. But, uh, man, uh, has anyone checked out Stranger Things? I know I'm probably far behind. I, I'm always that one guy that's just totally far behind than anyone else. So... It's probably totally irrelevant for most of y'all listening in. Man, I was... I got hooked on that show, like... 
I get antsy. Like, I like to be on the go. I can hardly play video games. Like, I can play a game NBA 2K18, and that'd be it. Like, one game. You know, I hardly... I, I bought that game, well, when it first came out in October, and <laughs> I've hardly started my, my career. I've done the, you know, the setup and whatnot, but that's it. And it's December, and that thing came out in October. But, uh, man, Stranger Things is dope. I like it. Uh, personally... Season two is better than season one, but I feel like it's it's got that feel of like the Goonies. If anyone's seen the Goonies, if you haven't seen the Goonies, definitely watch the Goonies because that's basically what it is almost. It's just except it's just a Netflix series, and I liked it a lot. Uh, I like <laughs> the one kid with you know in season one he has no teeth, he has a lisp and whatnot. He's dope. I like him. Uh, the whole cast was great. It's it's such an odd fair. I wouldn't say fairy tale, but such an odd setting. A rural, you know, rural town, small kinda, and like just with the whole aliens and whatnot. And it's it's wild. It's crazy. Uh, like I said, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's definitely worth the watch. Hang in there though, cause like it, season one's cool. I give like a 7 out of 10, but season 2, a lot better. I give I give like a 9 out of 10, all honesty. I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if they're renewing for a third season, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, Stranger Things is definitely dope. Definitely worth checking out. But uh, yeah, I know, that's totally off topic. But hey, this is Mitchell Anderson with Engine Reserve Podcast. And... I can't thank you all for listening in and whatnot, and I'll catch you all later. Have a great day.